You are listening to the Mini Minxes. It's a mischievous way to start your week. Disney Girl Power. You are listening to the Mini Minxes Disney Podcast, a podcast for Disney fans with a girly twist. I'm Kim, and last time, well, it was the best show I think I've ever done. I was extremely cosy in my cupboard, along with my cup of hot chocolate, headphones, and my little stitch teddy that Michelle brought me back. Aww. Who is now settled in with the rest of his stitch family in my stitch collection. I thought you was going to say in your stitch room then. <laughs> well, it isn't quite a room yet, it's just a top of a chest of drawers, but... He is multiplying, he is outgrowing the Eeyore collection, which is stood on the other chest of drawers. Oh, so how have you been doing, darling? It's been a while since we've both been on a show together. I know, who are you again? <laughs> I'm Michelle! <laughs> oh yes, hello Michelle. Um, yes, no, I am extremely good. I'm very excited. I've logged in tonight, just before we've started recording, and I am bouncing off the ceilings because... My magic bands are ready to customise and I can also make my Fast Pass Reservation Plus thingies. Yay! Woo! And I heard a nasty rumour that actually all the trials were ending at the end of October and seeing as I weren't going till the 3rd of November that I was kind of worried that I wouldn't get a chance to try it. I can also make a Fast Plus Reservation for the much-desired Be Our Guest lunch. Oh, anything to avoid those cues, Kimmy. So hang on a minute. If you get to customise your wristband, mm-hmm. what name are you going to give yourself? Is it going to be a Sunday name? Is it going to be a short name? Is it going to be a cute name? Which version of Kim are you going for? I don't know. I haven't decided because I have literally only just found out before we started recording. Um, I will probably... It won't be my Sunday name because only my mum calls me my Sunday name and only when I'm in trouble. And I'm not in trouble, I'm going on a Walt Disney World holiday. So it's probably going to be either Kim or Kimmy. Fantastic stuff. And obviously it's going to be pink. Of course. It's got to be pink. Without doubt. Though I was tempted by the stitch blue, but no, I'm going pink. (laughs) Persuade Aaron to have the blue one and then you can uh, have his when you get home. Well, I am secretly already planting them seeds because <laughs> black, black was mentioned, but I've already said, oh, you don't want black because black will soak up the sun and it'll make your wrist really warm. I love it how you twist science <laughs> to fit your <laughs> argument, my darling. Well, it's, it may work, it may not. I'll keep you all posted. So you had a nice holiday then, I'm guessing. I did. I had a, a lovely holiday. I spent some amazing time with some amazing people, some really friendly people who looked after me and made sure I was well and that I could have the best possible time that I could. And you also treated me to another personalised video message. Did. Last year it was Lou Mangello. This year, who did you get, Kimmy? Jim Caucus. I was very impressed. I've said I've said to her next year she has to get Walt Disney. Hang on a minute. I thought it was John Lasseter. You know, I think I stand a better chance of getting John Lasseter than someone who's deceased. I'm good, but I'm not that good. Well, I'll see see what you can do. Oh gosh! Oh hey Kim! Wish you were here! Oh gosh, that's right! Oh, get down! Oh no! Hey Kim! You're coming out in November! Look me up! Hey Kim, we miss you very much, but 
my gosh, Michelle and Tom have just been fantastic. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week, and may every day be a Disney magical day. All right, lovely. Well, as Kim said, I'm back. Thank you to everybody. And I don't know if I said this enough on the last podcast, who sent me lovely messages to say thank you for sharing the pictures or whatever. But thank you all. It really made my day. And I loved sharing my holiday with you. And I just wish you could have all been there with me. Why did you post pictures? Yeah, but I told you not to look because you didn't want spoilers. No, no spoilers for me. I want... I've been ignoring everything and everything to do about Disney, yeah. which is weird because I do a Disney podcast. But So have we any feedback, Kimmy? We have. We've had some lovely feedback from the last episode via Twitter. Um, a gentleman called Martin Walker, also known as at, and I really don't know how to pronounce this, so forgive me, Kiko315. Rachel Bolden used the last show to help plan her ADRs for her next trip. Good stuff. I'm glad I was of use with my dining reviews. Which I've ignored. Which you've ignored because you didn't want to spoil them for your next for your little trip. No, but in fairness, one of the reservations I made this trip was because of your fantastic review on your trip last year. Which one's that? Liberty Tree Tavern because all I got were messages from, oh my God, why have I never eaten here before? This is fantastic, the best meal I've ever had. So you better not let me down. Oh, well, I didn't go there this year. Well, I know, but... <laughs> I've made that whole reservation on your say-so. Oh, scary stuff. Well, we've also had, while we've been sort of uh, talking about positive feedback, which is also very nice to receive, we've had a little bit of negative feedback. Chris Dennison, and also from Jessica, who's also known as Short Pixie. Um, and this was about the background music changing levels. Now, I wouldn't call it negative. I'd call it... I'd call it constructive criticism. And they are right. It is bloody loud sometimes. It is, but it's so difficult to balance it. Thank you for pointing it out. We are going to be more conscious of this, but at the end of the day, we're just a couple of girls from Yorkshire. We don't have any posh equipment, really. We do this as a hobby. It's not a business. We're not trying to sell you stuff. We just do it because we love prattling on about Disney. You know, we've not had training or anything like that. So occasionally we do have blips but thank you for telling us we're going to keep an eye on it and hopefully we will try better for next episode oh if only you listen to episode one ever oh god don't. oh that's a bit mean the sound on episode one kim was a challenge <laughs> but if you listen to episode one you'll see how far i've progressed from then oh god yeah <laughs> Progress has been made. And we also missed off our lovely, lovely, lovely friend, Anthony Markham. And he downloaded the show specially to listen on his playlist for his road trip going down to Disney. So I hope you've had a lovely time, darling. Yeah, me too. But don't tell me anything because I don't want any spoilers. Also, we've had quite a few listeners tweeting that they have subscribed to Touring Plans using our code MINXES. And doing that, they've saved themselves 20%, which is fantastic. You mean we're giving our listeners something for nothing? We certainly are. If you go to Touring Plans and subscribe to their Disney or Universal plan, while there, you'll obviously see a box which will have a offer code. If you're in there, if you write the word MINXES, you get 20% off your Touring Plan subscription. MINXES, spell M I. N X E S. 
Oh, fantastic stuff. Minxes. It's like Sesame Street episode. Today's show is sponsored by the word minxes and the number six. Why six? Because six is my, like, lucky number. All right. Everyone has lucky numbers. I don't. Everyone but Michelle has lucky numbers. (laughs) This episode is something that me and Michelle are quite excited about because it was an idea that sort of came out of nowhere and I think is quite an interesting and unique idea is we are going to look at park safety. And we're going to just quickly go over some... Some things and activities and accidents and info that have happened over the years, how it's progressed, how it's changed and what our thoughts on are about it. Cool. Let's begin with our first feature. Here's some more fun starring yours truly. You're on the holiday of a lifetime. Nothing can stop you. You're invincible. You feel like you're riding on top of the world and you can conquer anything. You don't need to read the safety guidelines or be careful on the rides. Not even to do any pre-investigation about the attractions. These rules don't apply to you. Unfortunately, if you're thinking like this, I hate to break it to you. But you're wrong. These guidelines are there for your own safety and to ensure that you have that holiday of a lifetime safely. It is also unfortunate that there are people who are not so careful while on holiday and have this carefree attitude that might also spoil it for others. We've selected a few incidents that Kimster and I have found that have happened over the past few years that you may or may not have heard of and it sort of got our curiosity a little bit so we're going to explain about them what's been done to prevent the same thing happening and basically stick our two penna thin safety spot no doubt about it safety spot can't do without it it's really so important that you all start shouting gotta get safety spot oh yeah you gotta get safety spot that means you you gotta get safety gotta get safety Over to you, Kimster. Well, when I started doing my research on this, the very first one that came to the top of my search engine was one that only happened this year. And it happened on May 29th of this year, and it was on the attraction Dinosaur in Animal Kingdom. Now, it wasn't an accident per se, as in nothing wrong was wrong, nothing malfunctioned on the ride or anything, but a woman found a loaded pistol in the ride cart. The gun was reported to the ride attendant, which in turn was then reported to the authorities. They found the owner of the gun, who stated that they were unaware of Disney's policy against weapons and concealed weapons. I'm just I'm just at a loss at how anyone can firstly get through security with a gun, because whenever I've gone through security, it's like they check inside my socks virtually. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then to get through security and get the gun into the park without realising taking a gun into a theme park isn't a good idea. I mean, obviously, I know this person had a permit and they owned this gun legally and obviously gun laws are different in America to in the UK. But 
A, why would you need a gun in Walt Disney World? It is the happiest place on earth. Nobody ever dies. Secondly, there are kids running around everywhere. Is it really a wise idea to have such a dangerous weapon in your possession? And and bit and bit and see how careless were you to leave it in the ride car in the first place? What about if I'd gone off in your pocket? Oh my god! You see, I suppose this is where we may differ from our lovely friends over in the states. Over in this country, it's not part of the constitution to be able to bear arms like it is in the states. No. So to us, having guns is like really, really alien to us. So to suddenly have people going into the parks with guns, to me, makes me feel quite scared and intimidated about being in an environment where people think it's okay to have a gun walking around a theme park with them. I mean, that's the point, in it? I mean, I aren't bothered. I mean, the American law for the guns doesn't worry me, bother me. I don't get angry or upset about it. I'm, I'm, you know, it's quite, I'm quite for it, to be honest. But the fact that the person was so careless... To lose it and leave it unattended is, to me, completely careless. And I question why they should, you know, have the permit in the first place if they're going to be careless with it. That's a good point. But anyway, the man was asked to leave the park, I gather, Kimster. Yes. I don't think he was banned for life or anything. Oh, no. I don't think they were very impressed with him, as rightly they won't be, because they have, you know, rules and regulations that you're not allowed to take a weapon into Walt Disney World. Um, I can't really talk about what they're going to do to stop it from happening again because I thought all safety checks, like you've said, were in place to prevent such a thing from happening. And I will assume that the guys on security that day got well and truly um, Donald Ducked, let's call it. So mine is linked into one of my favourite all-time rides, which is the Tower of Terror. Now, this is quite quite a disturbing story. It's, it's really upsetting to to read that something like this can happen post going to a theme park so you know so our sympathies go out to the family of the person involved but basically in 2005 a fellow Brit had rode the Tower of Terror and she subsequently complained of headaches and other symptoms following so she was taken to Orlando hospital and soon things become quite critical she ended up undergoing surgery and returned to Britain a couple of weeks later via air ambulance. She'd been on the ride before, with previously no ill effects. She had had some pains, though, the the few days prior to the incident, and she'd basically ended up having a massive stroke and cardiac arrest, which is such a tragic thing to do. I suppose an absolute fear of anybody going on a ride and to have an ill effect afterwards. This particular young lady uh, was quite ill afterwards and ended up having further surgery in the UK and took a while to recuperate. Now the family begun to sue Disney for this. I'm not actually sure of the outcome of it. Um, I imagine the distress and the medical bills and the subsequent care they would need for their child in the coming months and years might be quite considerable. I'm at a loss with this one, Kim. I just I really feel for the family. No, I mean, I do as well. And it's unfortunate that situations like these do arise. And, you know, and luckily they're not as common and they don't happen, you know, a lot. I mean, the the problem I have with this one is the fact that Disney are sort of getting blamed, I believe, for the ride design, failing to basically warn people 
about the risks of riding the ride and also not really providing proper safety restraints. Now I've never been on this ride so I, I don't really know if there is any warnings. I, I've seen other warnings on other rides that I've been on like the one time I did go on Expedition Everest and I'm not going on it again but you know there were plenty of warnings as I was sort of going through the queue and at the front of the queue. I mean, what, what other ride restraints on Tower of Terror would it have made a difference? Well, I do gather since 2005 the ride has had some adjustments to mm-hmm. it. When you sat on it, there is a lap belt that goes across and that is the only restraint. It is a drop ride at the end of the day and you do move up and you do move down. Obviously, rides of this type do can cause, you know, issues and there are warnings prior to going on the ride mm-hmm. about you know if you have you know back problems pregnant uh-huh. pregnant etc that you shouldn't ride so you know i just think i think the message i think everyone should have know what type of ride you're going on and if at the time you are not feeling well and god forbid anything like this should happen to you but have a strong think about it if you're going on a drop ride with a headache is it a good idea to do so Mm, so a bit of self-awareness is what we're sort of saying yeah and I, I, you know i'm sure this girl has ne- didn't even connect the fact no. that she'd got a headache to having a, a bad outcome from this ride who would it's just conscious at the back of my, my mind and there's another ride at disney that to me i have ceased wanting to go on and that is mission space because it always gives me a headache afterwards and I said to myself this year I'm not going to go on it because I know afterwards I'll have a headache. Is that on the green version as well as as the other version? Well I've, I've never done the baby version I've always done the uh, macho one. Oh well I've, I've done the baby version try the baby version. Yeah I suppose. I mean I, I, I can't tell you if it's any different I mean Aaron would probably be able to tell you because he's done both but it's still entertaining enough on the green side but i just you know i going again to the theme of the show having a look at what disney could have done and what they have done afterwards uh, you know they, they did shut the ride while they investigated i mean the ride did reopen next day i don't really understand what else disney could have done yeah well it, you know the research we've both looked at said that it was inspected there was no ride malfunction the family you know disney contacted i believe the family to to offer their support about the incident but but there wasn't really much more that they could have done no staying in the same path but moving on to a different attraction i want to quickly go over some incidents that have happened at what seems to be one of the most dangerous shows in walt disney world now you're probably thinking i'm speaking of lights motor action oh yeah but they have car crashes every week But no, I'm not talking about that show. I'm actually talking about the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. And there has been a number of incidents involving the show's performers that have occurred since the live-action show's premiere in 1989. In fact, in 1990, they actually got fined by the OSHA $1,000 after three performers were actually injured in three separate incidents. I bet that really dented the Disney coffers a thousand dollars. It does seem a bit inadequate, doesn't it, really, when you look at it on the grand scheme of things and the scale of things. But yeah, a thousand dollars because of three separate incidents. Um, the incidents were basically um, one performer fell thirty feet, 
when a restraining cable failed. Um, another performer fell 25 feet when a prop ladder collapsed unexpectedly. And then the third performer was pinned by a malfunctioning trapdoor. And at the time, the OSHA cited Disney for failing to provide adequate fall protection, including padding and other equipment. Later, while rehearsing a supposedly new, safer routine, yet another performer fell 25 feet onto concrete. Basically, don't get a job at Indiana Jones' epic stunt spectacular. Oh, did it say that the guys that got injured were the ones picked from the audience wearing the Hawaiian shirt? (laughs) I really don't. It's always, you know, they have their stunt map. They could at least change his shirt so people who go more than once know that the guy in the Hawaiian shirt is the plant. Yeah. Come on, guys. But don't ruin it for people. Spoilers. You should have said spoilers at the beginning of that. Oh, I spoiled it. Sorry. You know, I have the utmost respect for these performers. I couldn't put myself at risk every day doing what they do. I mean, I know they're trained, but come on. You've got to have a bit of guts to be able to do what some of these stunt actors do. I get dizzy standing on a flipping um, step, let alone jumping off those heights. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, Disney should do more to protect their safety. And, you know, and if this agency deemed them to be responsible, I personally think they maybe should have invested more money and more time into looking at the safety precautions and the safety features that they've had i mean i know they can't prevent everything from happening you know if a ladder collapses a ladder collapses but another performer did actually pass away um it's happened in around 2009 and he was only 30 um and he injured his head while rehearsing a tumbling roll and performances for the next day were cancelled out of the respect for the performer and you know when anyone loses their life in performing and doing something that they really love you know you do have to sort of take a step back and have a look and you know honor them really true the show must go on as they say and it does it it must indeed i just am you know conscious that these performers do put themselves in these risky situations and i just want their safety to be adhered to if that's the right word what do you think true right kimmy well said nobody should go to a theme park and go home injured anyway i'm moving on i'm i'm going away from hollywood studios Let's let's go to the waterways. There's nothing I enjoy more than getting one of the water ferries from a resort over to the Magic Kingdom. Love it. And you can even hire your own little little mini boat and go out and enjoy the waterways. Back in 2010, a lovely 61-year-old woman from Celebration, so she was a local, suffered a collapsed lung fractured ribs and back pain due to a boating accident near to the treehouse villas. Now, what had happened is she'd rented one of those sea racers and her husband was driving and somehow it had a collision with a Disney ferry boat. No idea how they managed to collide because the ferry boats aren't invisible. You know, we've not pinched an invisibility cloak from that there Harry Potter, but somehow they got in the way. Now, Orange County Sheriff report says that the sea racer crossed into the ferry's right of way. I don't really know if you get any training before you hire these boats. I don't think you do. And 
I don't think there's any waterways marked out on the Seven Seas Lagoon. Personally, I've not seen any marked out. So I would personally say if you're going to hire a boat, make sure you understand the rules of the area you're going to be travelling in. Keep to the speed limits and if you see someone coming towards you, make sure you're able to steer out of the way. Now, the, curiously, this does pique my interest because I am surprised, though not completely shocked, that Disney let the public rent these boats and they are in the same water as Disney travel boats. I was always under the impression, and obviously I was wrong, that similar to like in English swimming pools where you section off the pool for lessons and long distance swimmers so we don't intrigue into each other's waters I just assumed that it was a similar system at Walt Disney World where we wouldn't be allowed in the same water as the water ferries and the water ferries won't be allowed into the same water as the public messing about on their little sea races well you'd think so but maybe it then prohibit people who are renting these boats mm-hmm. getting from one part of the lake to another i don't know i don't well, know enough about the waterways at disney i don't think they use these sea riders as a form of transport from what i understand and again i could be wrong and if i am please listeners correct me is the fact that you pay a fee for an hour of leisure so if you want to whiz around you know saratoga springs lake for an hour you pay for the privilege but you have to give that boat back after the hours up now to me common sense would be well yeah you can rent boats at nearly anywhere at walt disney world if they've got some water so why why not disallow or whatever the word is public from being in the same waters as the water ferries they don't need to be there disney have got plenty of other lakes which don't have water ferries in that's a good point. Maybe we've got some listeners out here who who can uh, give us a bit more information. Mm-hmm. As it sounds, you know, you can probably hear Kim and I have never done this, so we don't have a clue. So, well, I just think, you know, like take for instance, um, I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head that doesn't have a ferry, but I mean, Art of Animation, that has a lake. Doesn't, doesn't there a lake between Pop Century and Art of Animation? Uh, I'd say a large pond, but yeah. yeah. I don't know then. Go on then, have you got another one? We've already kind of touched on it and it's Mission Space, the one that you've refused to ever oh. go back on. Um, because between June 2005 and June 2006, paramedics actually treated 194 Mission Space riders. You're kidding! No, 194. Oh my God. The most common complaints were dizziness, nausea and vomiting. And of those 194 guests, 25 people passed out. 26 suffered difficulty breathing and then 16 reported chest pains or irregular heartbeats. Now this was causing so much of a concern that in May 2006 Disney actually altered the ride by offering a less intense ride experience that did not include the centrifuge which is what I was sort of touching on earlier. There is a green version which I've been on because like you I'm scared witless now to go on the other version so I only ever go on the green version and that still makes me slightly sick but I think that's just more to do with the confined space than anything else. 
and statistics reported to the state of Florida since then have actually shown a decrease in the number of health complaints filed by riders. I totally agree. Backing up what I said earlier, you know, I do feel quite queasy when I come off that ride. And I can imagine if you've just had something to eat, go on that ride not knowing Mm -hmm. what the ride is like, especially on the orange line, um, you will probably puke. Lovely. Yeah. Can we talk about something else? Let's talk about food. You mean you can get injured by food? Well, seemingly at Cosmic Race, Starlight Cafe, you can. Now, this is quite sad because I I feel... I don't like kiddies getting injured. You know, they're meant to have the best of best of the best times at Disney, but 2010 saw a four-year-old boy suffering quite severe face burns after being scalded by a cup of hot nacho cheese. Now, this must have been an item available at the time from Cosmic Rays. The boy seemingly sat down to dinner in an unstable chair, grabbed the food tray just to prevent himself falling off the chair. And because he grabbed the tray, the nacho cheese sauce that was in the cup flew into his face. And basically, the concern is, how hot should have that was that cheese to burn his face? Yeah. You'd think you'd just been and collected your nacho cheese sauce and you'd gone all the way to sit down. That's at least a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, so it must have been really hot. And I know young children have sensitive skin, but... No, I I agree with you. If it's caused severe burns, then it must have been, I would have thought, over the health and safety temperature of what it should have been. I bet Disney have uh, reviewed that because I know when I've been at Pecos Bills and you can help yourself to the cheese sauce, it's not that particularly hot. I, um, I don't think I've ever had the nacho cheese. No. I've not at Cosmic Rays. I can't even remember if it's still on the menu because this was a few years ago now. So so we've, we've put everybody off now having anything hot from Disney because they don't want to get burnt. Let's talk about something else, Kim. Something that's nice and fluffy. Well, let's talk about character costumes because... Oh, they can't harm anybody. I beg to differ, Michelle, because in 2005, Walt Disney actually reported 773 injuries to the OSHA from employees who were wearing these said fluffy costumes. Of those injured, 282, which is roughly 36%, were related to costuming injuries, such as costume wear affecting the head, neck or shoulders, and 49 of the injuries were specifically due to the costume head. Immediately, the first character that springs to my head is the beast. The weight of that head must be astronomical. I've never really thought of it, to be honest. The Beast is, I'd say, is quite extreme. I can't think of anybody else as as extreme. I think, to be fair, Mickey and Minnie's and Tigger and Pooh's heads are all quite round and big. I suppose that's why they limit the amount of time the characters are able to be with yes. guests. Because they obviously then go and, as Woody would say, go give Bullseye um, some fresh grass. Or go eat some cheese, as Mickey and Minnie do. Yeah, touch up Minnie's lipstick. To be honest, I kind of look at the costumes that they used to wear. I mean, if you watch old Walt Disney World footage and look at some of the old Mickey costumes, and what also sort of jumps to my head as well is the three little pig costumes. Them heads are huge. And I would have thought the material back then is a lot heavier than what it is now. Out of your 773 injuries that were reported to OSHA... 
107 were caused by part guest interactions. Well, if the costume won't get you, the guests will. The guest might have hit, pushed, intentionally or not, to the costumed employee. You know, Tigger has a massive tail, so what are you going to do with it? You're going to stand on it, causing Tigger to fall over. But, you know, in this 14%, this thing's such as skin rashes, bruises, sprains or heat-related issues. And I suppose in December, it's quite a cool job to be Tigger, but imagine in August, it's not very pleasant. With Florida heat, Michelle, I won't think it would be pleasant any of the time. But one change that Disney has made to assist character performers was the change in rules limiting the overall costume weight. And it is now not allowed to be any more than 25% of the performer's body weight. So hang on a minute. If you t- if you weigh 10 stone, mm-hmm. the costume can't weigh any more than 2.5 stone. Yes. I would hate to be walking around all day or even for 30 minutes, carrying two and a half stone. Well, it's going to prevent them from putting a five foot two inch size zero young girl into said ticker costume. Well, true. But I understand the reasons. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do some spoilers from my holiday, Kim, so I don't. I hope it isn't going to offend you, but it's about the pools. Do you bother in the pools when you go away? Not really. Oh, good, so I'm not going to upset you then. I basically want to share a story that I witnessed myself at the Art of Animation with regards to lifeguards and pool safety because there has been a fair few issues over the last year of children getting into difficulty in pools. Not going to go into that. I just want to share a positive story. So, lounging round the smaller Art of Animation pool over by the aerial building so it wasn't the big blue pool this pool is quite a small pool it doesn't have a shallow end so it was quite you know it wasn't a pool where you'd have your little kiddies in it would be for children that would probably be able to swim because it was it was a you know about i think it was three foot deep at the shallow part Mm -hmm. there were two lifeguards stationed around this pool not a massive pool either but diagonally two lifeguards they have the little standard little lifeguard seats. One lifeguard at all time was sat down observing the pool and I was there on three occasions for each over an hour and a half and I observed at all times the other lifeguard going round, literally counting heads and going round looking round the edge of the pool. Noticed out of the corner of my eye a child in the middle of the pool getting into a little bit of difficulty. The lifeguard immediately had jumped across the pool and got the child out of the pool and it happened in literally three seconds i think she must have just gone into a little bit of difficulty got her out of the pool but this guy just jumped in fully clothed got her put her on the side she was fine it wasn't her head hadn't even gone under the water she was just starting to struggle a little bit which can be quite daunting and scary and i just thought that is what i want to see at my pools where i am lifeguards that are alert hard working and keeping their eye on the ball so big thumbs up for pool safety what do you think the first thing i noticed this year is a lot of the pools now are asking you to put your key card up to a, a gate to a key card reader to get into the pool area i presume it works with your magic bands so it's only allowing the disney guests of that hotel in that pool and by the pools it says the time the pools are manned by a lifeguard 
the time that they are open. Now, it may sound that it's been a bit dictatorial about when you can and can't go in the pool, but at the end of the day, if your child gets a cramp when they're swimming in water and there's nobody watching them, it it, it doesn't even bear thinking about what could happen, so rules are there by the pool. Well, rules are there around the whole theme park, aren't they, really? And this is... This is the main message of this segment and this is what I think we both wanted to sort of get across. You know, they're not there to spoil your fun. You do need to listen, you know, to the rules and to the cast members around you as well. They're not saying things just because they're trying to spoil your holiday. They're there because they're trying to keep you safe. So you can have another holiday of a lifetime. Every year you can have a holiday of a lifetime. Anyway... I believe you've got some thank yous you want to do. I did, I do. Do you know what? There is nothing in this world that adds to enjoyment more than getting something you weren't expecting. You know, whether it's a card in the post, whether it's flowers, whatever. But something unexpected that you get always puts a smile on me chops. And there I was checking in at Art of Animation Resort and the concept artist, they're not called receptionists, they're called concept artists, said, oh, you have some mail. So I got an envelope and it was like, oh, it's handwritten. And inside the envelope was a lovely little note from the wonderfully gorgeous Kim Taylor. She had written me a little note saying, I hope you have a lovely time at Art of Animation and your Walt Disney holiday. And she'd included a little gift of a key ring with a little uh, Disney girl wearing a Mickey hat and it had my name on the bottom. Yeah, very nice. So thank you ever so much. That really, really made my day. Also wanted to say a big thank you to the Best Magic Gang and Jeff Dixon because I met up with them and Lissy oh she sent me she gave me some lovely delicious Mickey cookies which were absolutely gorgeous and I don't think I thanked you enough for them so thank you that was very kind of you that's it for thank yous are you going to tell people about the competition yes because next show we will have copies of the newly released Walt Disney World for Kids 2014 edition to give away so listen closely to that as we will tweet a question via our Twitter feed, which is at the Mini Minxes, plus one of the authors, at Lillian Opsima, will also tweet a question. So make sure you follow us both. Follow us and follow Lillian. I'm going to spell Lillian's name because it's a bit of a weird one. So make sure you find her and follow her. Do it in L- Sesame Street style. Oh, God, no. I'm too tired for that. L-I-L-I-A-N-E. O-P-S-O-M-E-R. Follow Lillian. Follow us. Look out for the questions. And you could win, for gratis, posted this lovely book. They haven't yet arrived from the States yet. They're due any day. So I'm really excited because I can't wait to read my copy. And also get Lillian back on the show to have a chat about her exploits of what she's been up to at the moment because she shares amazing photographs from her travels to Disney. Also on the next episode, we will be sharing one of our Jim Caucus interviews. Yay! And we are bringing you a new segment, which is basically us trying to tell you how to save money. So get tweeting in your ideas and we may share some of yours on the show. So what else do we need to know? We need to know that our email address is broken. It is, it's poorly broken, so don't email us. No, because we won't get it. 
and you'll get some dodgy message saying that we don't live there anymore. True. We are trying to fix it. It'll probably mean that we are changing our email address. Yeah. But so. we will keep you posted. But at the moment, if you want to contact us, the best way is going to probably be by Twitter, which is at the Mini Minxes, or via Facebook, which is the Mini Minxes Disney Podcast. And can I just say, it's not the... F- you know, don't look for us as a friend. Look for us as a page and yes. like the page. Yes. Um, and if if you want to say something a little bit private and you're a bit shy for posting it on the whole Twitterverse to read, you can always send us a direct message. Or a PM on Facebook. We also will be having a few things from my trip on the blog, which you can type in www.theminiminxes.co.uk As Kim tells us, we own that domain. We might as well use it. She only found that out tonight. She's very excited. (laughs) I am. I'm really excited. We've got our own domain. (laughs) Yeah, we better go because we've been rabbiting on for ages. Yes, I think everybody's probably bored of our ramblings. Yeah. So all that's really left for me to say is we will see you all next time. I hope you have a fantastic couple of weeks. And it's mini kisses from me. And me. Mwah. What we are